Amen. <clears throat> and like David, I'm just going to start a timer. Uh, just so that I know. <laughs> just so that I know when I'm running over. <clears throat> it's, um, it's such a joy to be here. Um, it's such a joy to speak to you. Um, today we're going to be looking at Philippians 3. Um, and if you've not gathered, uh, we're going to be looking at what it means to be a confident Christian. Um, as, as I'm sure you're aware, this is, a, this is a family service. So why don't you turn to the person next to you and tell them what God thinks of them. Just do it now quickly. Tell them, tell, what, does, what does God think of them? Okay, now tell them what you think of them. <laughs> tell them what you really think. <laughs> Do those things align? Okay. <laughs> Maybe I've caught some of you out there. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> you see... <clears throat> okay, you can bring your conversations to a close. It's, it's always the leaders at the front, isn't it? <laughs> that just... <laughs> Isn't it great that, that we're, we're sat together as family? We're sat together as family. And the love that we show each other, the love that you show the person next to you, is God's love on display for all to see. So before we get started, I've got um, a little activity for the children to do. Where's my helper, Kat? So we're going to be looking at Philippians 3, which talks about being a citizen of heaven. Um, so for the children, I've got a little passport. It's not, it's not like a Methodist ticket to heaven. It's not, don't show it on the door. Um, but this is, there's no significance about this, except it just reminds us that we are citizens of heaven. And somebody else, I need, I'd love someone else to... We've got, we've got some Bibles here, just to hand them out, because we are a family. We're going to have a family devotion. When, whenever I go on holiday with my family, um, each morning we have a family devotion, um, and e- each member of the family takes it in turn to lead it. So if you could hand them out as quick as you can. Once, once, you, once you get the Bible, I'd love it if you could turn to Philippians 3. It's, it's in the New Testament. I'd love, we've got a microphone somewhere, David, I wonder if you could, <clears throat> I'd love it if someone could read this out for me, you've had no preparation, there's no, there's no long words like Mephibosheth or anything like that, there's no long, I'd love a volunteer to read out some of this, verse 1 to 7, who would, who'd like to, did I see a hand raise up over there, yes, Lucy, Lucy, lovely Lucy, if you could read this out for me. Verse 1 to 7. That'd be great. Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh, for it is we who are the circumcision. We who serve God by his Spirit who boast in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reason for such confidence. 
If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more, circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews in regard to the law, a Pharisee as the zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Brilliant. Children, if you don't know what circumcision is, ask your parents later. (laughs) (laughs) Or David might be open for questions, I don't know. (laughs) You see, it's funny, isn't it? When we read read this passage, it's, it's so often read, almost as if Paul is puffing himself up. We kind of hear it with arrogance. Verse, verse, uh, verse 5, verse 4 and 5. I have more reasons. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. Wow. You know, I imagine if, if Paul was English and this was written today, it would sound something like circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Surrey, of the tribe of Eton, an Oxford imp to the Oxford imps. That's how I'd imagine it. Do you, do you kind of hear that? The, the arrogance. But this is not at all the correct interpretation. You see, in those days, Jews and to some extent Gentiles alike, they admired good morality. They admired genealogies. And Paul was the perfect Jew. Paul was the perfect Jew. But despite this, despite this cultural perfection, he says that's garbage. He says that's garbage compared to knowing Christ. In other words, let's take this, let's take this down a notch. You can do good. You can do bad. We teach our children all this all the time, don't we, about morality, I remember growing up, I learned all about Jonah and the whale. I learned really nice stories like that. And I learned all about what, what is good and what is bad. But I didn't learn so much in church about being in relationship with Christ. Do we really think our children can do that? You see, eternal life isn't about what you do. It's about who you know. Just take a moment. Just look at your life. Is it about what you do? Are you trying to earn God's love right now? Or are you resting in the fact that you know Jesus Christ? Or maybe you don't, and we'll come on that a little bit later. Come on to that a little bit later. So my first point, if I could have it up on the board... A confident Christian knows Christ. Right, I'd, I'd love it if um, someone a little younger than Lucy could, could read this time. I know she's young, so it's maybe a student age. Don't all come at once. I see a, a, a row just there that's full of 20s and 30s. One of you, perhaps. No pressure. Jen. So I'd love it if you could read this time, verse 8 to 14. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, 
for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is, in, which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Beautifully read. Thank you so much for that, Jan. Let me read just the the first bit again. So we talked about the garbage. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. You see, a response to knowing Christ is righteousness. It's through faith that he gifts us. He he dollops righteousness on us. 1 Timothy 6 verse 11 encourages us to pursue righteousness. It's something that through faith in Christ we can pursue. How often do we pray that prayer? How often do we pray, Lord, today I want you to make me righteous? How often do we pray that prayer? Do you pray it in your missional communities? Do you teach that? Righteousness? It comes from faith. my, My second point. If it goes up on the board. A confident Christian's righteousness comes through faith in Christ. First first faith, then righteousness. I'd love another reader. Someone younger. Someone younger. Who's who's younger? How old are you, Jen? Younger than Jen. Younger than Jen's age. Is, um... Maybe... Can I pick on someone? <laughs> Younger. Anybody else? Come on. Someone else to read. Oh, if we're starting voting. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much, Anna. So we're going to read um, verse 15 to 21, the final section. All of us who are mature should think in the same way, and if any of you think differently, God will make it clear to you, but we must keep going in the direction that we are now headed. My friends, I want you to follow my example and learn from others who closely follow the example we set for you. I often warned you that many people are living as enemies of the cross of Christ, 
And now with tears in my eyes, I warn you again that they are headed for hell. They worship their stomachs and brag about the disgusting things they do. All they can think about are the things of this world. But we are citizens of heaven and are eagerly waiting for our Savior to come from there, our Lord Jesus Christ. He has power over everything and he will make these poor bodies of ours like his own glorious body. Brilliant. Thank you so much again. Well read. You can tell why David and Caroline outsourced this chapter. <laughs> Philippians 1, nice and easy. Philippians 2, we all know that one. Philippians 3, circumcision, heaven and hell, <laughs> all sorts. <laughs> A common question that we ask each other is, where are you from? You know, when we meet each other, it's, of course, it's, what do you do? Second question, where are you from? So, I worked out recently that I've moved 11 times in my life. I'm, 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 I'm quite a British nomad, and I've actually married uh, a girl who is even more nomadic than me. She's born in Chile, grew up, grew, grew up there, just, she was there, only there five years, then moved to France, uh, where, she, where she grew up. And I remember when, uh, when Fran became a Christian, You know, she found so much comfort and joy from, from knowing that her home isn't Chile, her home isn't France, her home isn't her family, her home isn't the people group. Her home is, is in Christ. She didn't say it as, as, in as many words, but she had become a citizen of heaven. That had become her identity. Just as I finish, I'd love to read um, a quote by Rachel Peer Jones. She says, she writes this. This home I live in, no matter on which side of the ocean, no matter on which continent, is not my kingdom or my refuge. It is a house, a building. Even more, it is the very space in which to teach my children that we are not home yet. Do we see that? You know, I I know this reference is that she has children. Not all of us have children. But how often do we think that? Is that a part of our identity? So my third point if it can come up on the board, is a confident Christian lives life on earth as though he's a citizen. He or she is a citizen of heaven. And I'd like to finish with this. We talked about righteousness, and I think these two verses are just beautiful. I, I love these. God is speaking to me so much through these at the moment. Revelation 19, verse 7 to 8. For the wedding of the Lord has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given to her, given her to wear. And then in brackets, John writes, Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. 
As the church, are we ready for the wedding? Are we ready? Let's pray.